This is the Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support podcast. Our goal in this podcast is to provide you with information, whether you are a law enforcement officer or first responder, to help you deal with your everyday stressors. Welcome to today's broadcast. We have with us Tim Falk. He is the clinical director of Al Leaps, and also we have Heath Carpenter. Heath is retired lieutenant, uh, criminal investigator with the Alabama Law Enforcement. And also we have with us Lieutenant Brian Murphy, retired from Oak Creek, Wisconsin Police Department. And we appreciate all you guys being with us today. And Tim, tell us a little bit about our guest. Good. I've heard a lot about Brian and and, uh, Sheriff Whitcomb, who's with us in last year's uh, peer support conference. Uh, when I was talking with Sheriff about who we should get, the first name to come up was Brian Murphy. And so I started looking and, and contacting Brian and and kind of really feel that he's the guy for this year. And um, Brian, I'm going to let uh, you introduce yourself a little bit and then uh, we'll kind of go from there, buddy. Thank you for being with us. And uh, we really look forward to next month, uh, you being here. And um, thank you for being with us and agreeing to come. No, it's, it's my pleasure. I, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm very much looking forward and, uh, since we had to pass off last year to get this get this done. I've been to Alabama a bunch, so I'm, I'm always looking forward to come back. I, so started my career back in uh, 80, uh, joined the Marine Corps. I was in, uh, overseas for a bunch of years. I was in Afghanistan when the Russians were there. I was in Thailand for a couple of years, retired. Uh, from the military, got out, uh, went over the United Nations. I grew up in New York, so worked there for five years, then moved out to Jefferson, Wisconsin. I uh, stayed out there for a year, got certified, and uh, eventually moved on to Oak Creek. I uh, worked my way up, uh, did warrants, drugs, SWAT. I was a team leader, explosive breacher, uh, and all that, and... I guess that the culmination of my career happened on August 5th, 2012. And that's when I was the first responding officer at the uh, Sikh Temple massacre that left uh, seven dead and uh, three injured. So I said what I've been doing since the shooting is uh, traveling the country, uh, talking about the specifically what occurred then and just as important what what happened afterwards what happened to me uh what happened to my family what happened to the rest of the people on the department that were involved uh it's it's an absolute ongoing thing i i still get uh injections in my throat uh every three months that i will for the rest of my life so uh as you guys know sometimes that one incident will stay with you a lifetime. And you know, I just talk about how you deal with it and uh, how you move on and stop looking in the rearview mirror and expecting to see something different. We also have Heath with us today. Heath has uh, been a part of uh, Al Leaps for quite some time now, and I appreciate all that he does with it but he hasn't been on any of our podcasts that i can remember tim is that correct that's correct uh he was uh, full-time with the uh the agency and now that he's retired he can uh, be my shadow more absolutely so he thank you for being here thanks lieutenant uh as you were 
uh, on August 5th in uh, 2012, as you were approaching that, what kind of type of call was this? What information did you have as you were uh, driving to the Sikh temple? It's uh, 10.30 on a Sunday morning in Oak Creek, which is historically a very quiet time. Most people are in church or, you know, resting up and uh, came in as a as a call of a fight uh, initially at the temple, which uh, was a little bit odd. Uh, but we had had a call similar to that six months prior, and that was just a fight amongst uh, uh, two of the, the members of the of the uh, the C community. Uh, it didn't turn out to be anything, so it was nothing to really worry about. So at least for me, uh, mentally, I, I've been looking at it like, okay, maybe it's the same two people again, disagreeing. And that lasted for about 30 seconds before the call came in, that possible man with a gun. And then within the next 15 seconds, it was uh, sounds of shots. And then it was definitively there was a man inside shooting. So from the time I, I took the initial call till the time I arrived at the temple was uh, a minute 59, which um, especially in the world of active shooters, the average response times probably somewhere in a six minute range. Uh, so being there, I, I got there pretty fast. Uh, and then when I got there, it was, uh, I, I didn't see anything. Uh, and it was then all of a sudden a guy came out. I uh, couldn't see much on him, it, it, probably a distance 40, 50 yards. And uh, that's when the gunfight started between he and I. Uh, I got shot 15 times, uh, 12 in my body and three hit my vest. Uh, and luckily for me, my, my backup came shortly thereafter, uh, put him down, and then uh, the bad guy didn't want to face the music and killed himself. Wow. Brian, I think the thing that, I, that really jumped out to me on that was I think in, in any call we respond to, no matter how simple they sound, you know, there's just it's just a, just a simple little call, a simple little call. Look what it turned into. And I think I think from the perspective you're talking about is the thing I would make sure we tell all these guys out here is making sure we don't get complacent. You just don't know. And that's the absolute truth. I remember my, my first homicide ever uh, came in as someone who tripped in the parking lot. And, you know, mentally, where are you when it's like, all right, somebody tripped. So in your head, it's like maybe a broken arm or nothing tremendous. And there's a woman been shot three times in the chest. So, you know, every call requires your A game. And, and that's the simplicity of it. And I, I, I always use this term, uh, but you don't get to pick when bad stuff happens. It picks you. And it's not going to pick when it's your best day, when you're well-rested with the best equipment and the best people on the shift. It just doesn't work that way, uh, especially when your name is Murphy. Murphy's Law. <laughs> and you always have to deal with that. So, you know, that actually the day of the shooting was my off day, uh, which from a, a mental standpoint, uh, definitely equates into the picture because, I mean, if you, you spent any time on the road and 
you know, you switch shifts with other people. How do you mentally, when you're working for Bob, are you bringing your A game or are you like, well, I'm working for Bob. Bob's okay. So I'm only going to bring my C game because it's Bob. You know what I mean? And, and we've done that and, and we, we do that. But the, the bottom line is the bad guy doesn't care why you're there, how you're there. Just you're there and you are stopping them from doing what they want to do. And, and that's really the, the crux of everything. Uh, and the, the culmination of 20 years in law enforcement came to a head and lasted in reality from the time I got there uh, to the time he was put down was about a little over two minutes. So med 23 years of your career is brought down essentially to two minutes. And, and I, I, like, like many of you, I, I know a ton of people in law enforcement that will tell you it came down to two seconds where it was just them and a the gun and boom. And that's how fast it is. And uh, I bet, you know, if you can ever make a case for complacency, that was the day that just says, it's a Sunday, it's your off day, a call at a church, what's really, you know, in, in quiet Oak Creek, what could, what could possibly go wrong? And the answer is a lot. So you always have to prep for that. That's true. One of the things that you said, uh, you said it was a minute 59 seconds for your response time. Um, several of us have been in, in, a, in good physical combat or fights, and that's a long time. Uh, when you're driving, that's, that's a lot of time to think and, and prepare. And as you're getting updated information, what kind of person, what kind of man drives toward an active shooter situation? You know, it's funny. Well, I didn't know it was an active shooter at the time. And I, I say that because not because I would have done anything more safely. It probably would be the converse. So I was the shift lieutenant and I had a rule on our day shift that we don't drive above 70 miles an hour. Uh, it, it's in our city. There is an open highway. This is all urban roadway that. If you're driving over 70 miles an hour and the soccer mom pulls out or grandma pulls out, you, you're not going to be able to react well. So that was my standard. But and I was going 70 up until it was shots fired. Had I gone faster, who knows if it, it if it was six people who would have died or five. Uh, you don't really know that in the end. Uh, but ultimately, that it's. It, it's hard to put into words, but that minute 59 was, it, it, it was a forever getting there, thinking, rolling everything through my head. What am I going to do? What am I going to look for? All those things. But to me, the the thing that has helped me greatest in my, my life and law enforcement career was the ability to recognize that if I can't control myself, then I can't control anything when I get there. And even my dad, God rest his soul, said, you never run to a fight because when you get there, you want to be able to think and be able to, to do stuff. And then he didn't have a lot of great Murphyisms other than don't drink clear liquid sitting down. Uh, it was, you know, that that's just the way, way he was. But that that always stuck in my head. And, and we trained that actually as a department. 
uh, just combat breathing going all the way back to the early 90s. So that that played a huge portion of everything. Even once once I was shot, then my my brain just went into all right. You got to you got to put this as calmly as you can. And and that's what you got to focus on. You got to breathe right. You have to think clearly because people are counting on you. Brian, really, really glad that you joined us today. We're excited about you coming and being a part of our conference. And so I uh, want to remind our listeners that our conference is coming up on February 8th. We actually have a dinner on February 7th for uh, officers and their spouses. And then on the 8th, we'll have our conference. And so we're looking forward to uh, you listening that to possibly come and be a part of that. And uh, you don't want to miss the opportunity to go ahead and sign up. And you can do that at the Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support.org, alleaps.org. And then we also have a Facebook page. We encourage you to go to that Facebook page and uh, see the resources available to you there and also pass along this podcast to people that can listen. And so, again, that's February uh, 7th, that evening, for dinner, and then the next day, the 8th, and hope that you would go and register. And uh, thank you, Brian, for being with us today. And, Tim, you want to close us out? No. Brian, you, you said a lot of really interesting things, and, and I think the biggest one that, that jumped out at me was something I think every first responder struggles with. That out that, that minute and 59 seconds was an eternity, but it was so quick. But if we're not careful, we'll go back and play it through our mind, just like you talked about it, and feel guilty. If I would have drove 71, could I got there faster? And, and, and that's a great point, something I always stress in our peer support and other presentations, that, you know, we struggle with guilt. Because what if, what I could do, and, you know, if I wouldn't listen to LT and I drove 80, I could have got there and saved somebody. It is what it is, and that's all I can do with it. So thank you for being with us. Look forward to the next section. We got you some questions coming next go around. And uh, so, again, uh, we look forward to seeing you in February. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You guys be safe. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Hope that you will continue to listen and pass the word about what's available on this podcast, both the resources and information, and hope that you'll be uh, joining us again. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more information and resources, visit our website, alleaps.org. If you have any questions or want to suggest a topic for a future episode, email us at alleapspodcast at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-E-A-P-S podcast at gmail.com. The Alleaps Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Facebook.